episode 22 of Role Play Grow, the podcast for tabletop entrepreneurs, creators, and fans. I am Courtney Stover of Lighthearted Ventures, and in this podcast, we talk to the creators behind the brands in the tabletop roleplay gaming space about who they are and how they are turning their passion for gaming into a career. How does a weekend getaway at a castle bed and breakfast where you play D&D all weekend long sound to you? Like the best weekend ever, right? (laughs) Well, today you will get to learn all about Wayne and Apple who offer that exact experience to small groups in Maryland. Wayne is the head dungeon master and co-founder of Adventure Away, a D&D B&B. Try saying that five times fast. I did. I failed. Guests check in on Friday, enjoy some local cuisine while playing a session zero, and then spend all day Saturday playing an ultra-long one-shot before wrapping up their stay Sunday night. We talked about taking this business from concept to needing to hire additional DMs, all of the logistics that go into running each one of these weekends, Wayne's goals for the future, and a whole lot more. Spending a weekend with them is now absolutely a top item on my bucket list, and I hope that you enjoy learning about the struggles and insights of a completely different kind of business than what we've met so far. Before we dive into the interview, if this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. This podcast is a part of Lightheart Adventures, which is a small company I co-founded with my husband. We offer a weekly blog on our website where you'll find tips for running games, free monthly one-shot adventures, product reviews, and more. You will find that blog at lightheartadventures.com. Breton also creates beautiful dungeon maps, both on DMs Guild and on a commission basis. Some other ways that you can support us and this show are by checking out our Patreon, subscribing to the show on your podcast player of choice, leaving a review, and checking out our affiliate links. The affiliate I'm going to highlight today is Found Familiar Coffee, the most delicious and nerdy coffee you'll ever taste. And you'll get to collect some pretty cool D&D-themed art from every package. Go to foundfamiliar.com and enter code LIGHTHEARTADV to get 10% off your order, enjoy delicious coffee, and help me keep this show running. I personally recommend the Inspiration Blend. That is my absolute favorite. But I've tried pretty much all of their flavors, and I really do enjoy all of them. That is all for now. So please sit back and enjoy this conversation with Wayne. Today, I am joined by Wayne, the head DM and co-founder of Adventure Away. How are you today, Wayne? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to learn about what y'all have going on. It sounds really interesting, and I know I'm definitely going to want to take a trip there as soon as I can. Oh, well, we'd love to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, just to get started, can you tell us a bit about who you are and how you got into gaming? Um, My name's Wayne Denier. And I got into gaming in about like 2007 um, when it comes to the tabletop role-playing format. Now, in a bigger way, I've been a big Nintendo fan for many years, and I like other board games as well. But I really stepped into the world of Dungeons & Dragons at the launch of 4th edition. And um, so, yeah, that's like 13, 14 years at this point, which is really just kind of crazy. (laughs) here we are yeah are you playing in any campaigns yourself right now yeah i'm playing in two groups uh one's a pathfinder two and i play ren shellstrop and he is a gnome alchemist and kind of a wild little dude and he was sort of pushed out of his hometown by his uh grandparents and family because he was a bit much and they kind of gave him this traveling math style mission to go out into the world and discover things to bring home to the forest and so he's out having fun while they're just like, whew, man, all right, now we can get back to normal. That guy's you know, a bit much. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's fun to play for that reason. You know, he throws these alchemical bombs and like comes up with concoctions. And um, his backstory is that he's um, he's a cook. So all of his potions are like hot sauces and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, that's the one I'm playing the most right now. I just started a new one in a campaign with, one of my friends, Brian, who is just starting in a very dark Viking setting. Um, so I'm sort of just discovering that character. Um, I've, only, I've been in like two or three sessions, but his name is Piri. And he is a, oh, I'm blanking on it. But it's one of those ex, those races that's 
got blue skin and they're extra tall and kind of like calm giants of the forest. And I will remember right after the podcast. And I'm sure viewers right now are like, oh, come on, you got to (laughs) know. But please forgive me. I'm only like three sessions in and he's a barbarian, but he's mostly a gentle dude until fight starts. Very common backstory for a barbarian, I'm sure. But, you know, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm playing right now. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Is it a Ferbolg? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is that D&D or is that Pathfinder? That's D&D 5th edition. Okay. Um, so it's it's highly customized with some extra rules for like uh, sailing, um, which I think goes a bit beyond Saltmarsh because um, Brian's really cool and has a, a great campaign set up for us. Cool, yeah. So I would then love to hear about how your journey went from starting to play 13 years ago to leading into what you're doing today. Well, sure. There was a time in my first real campaign uh, where my group of friends that had been playing since we started um, fluctuated around eight players total. And, you know, some folks are just off for a week or two. You usually end up with like five people around the table, but it's just like a little rotating episodic crew. But it was going along enough that there would be a very, you know, high point to the the campaign, like uh, almost like a season finale. So uh, we uh, got it in our minds to go out and play a game at a cabin. And so we went through what it took to book that. We did a head count for, you know, what everybody wants to pitch in for it. And then what kind of a food budget that gave us. There was shopping to do. There were meals to plan to make sure that they got cooked. And it was really cool. Now, smash cut like five or six more years later in the future, I'm married now. And my wife, Apple, is this amazingly talented event planner. And she's comes from the theater side. And we started playing in a small campaign together. And eventually, it got to, we were talking about all of this on a vacation in Virginia wine country. And we had a great time and we were doing wine tastings. And we thought, we're playing magic cards in our room and going and, and playing the Wii U. And kind of making our own game vacation and thought, you know, we could kind of fuse this together. Like this is a kind of a big deal to plan, but it's super fun. And just the wheels just started turning of how we could turn this into event, an events company. And that was the beginning of the idea. And so 2017, 2018, we were, we began to launch the business. We went to awesome con on a wing and a prayer and we sold the idea and got a couple of people interested and then booked up our first weekend. And then we finished out that year and had like uh, six games total, I believe. And now we're where we are. We've tripled our capacity. We can handle three times as many games, have multiple dungeon masters. We've turned it into a science and we found two very, very great partners that own properties in the, in Maryland. And so they they rent it out for other things the rest of the, the time. We reserve the amount of time it takes to run these weekends. And we've now got a very reliable experience. It's it's such a fun vacation. I kind of wish I could go on it. And that's after three years. <laughs> okay, so real quick before we dive into all of the nitty gritty, can you give us a high level overview of what exactly Adventure Away is? Well, we are a destination events company. We do weekends that are three days long that start Friday night and then go through to Sunday checkout. So you can travel from where you are to to us here and we give you two nights stay with your own room. Most people come with a friend or as a couple and then share a room and it's all catered. So from when you check in on Friday night, we're going to do a dinner order we have snacks, continental breakfast in the mornings. This is basically all in the service of making you comfortable and making sure that there's nothing to worry about except for your character and the game. And we start with a session zero on Friday night and people talk about their characters. We do a open Discord channel for all of our guests that you'll be invited to when you book or at least a few weeks out from the game. So you can ask us questions about character building. If you've never done it before and you want us to help design something based off of some notes, 
that's something we can do. But most folks just, you know, immediately start chatting and deciding who's going to be the tank and, you know, who's going to be the the rogue and silly personality traits and memes and stuff so that uh, when they arrive, it's like the game can really begin. And so I like the goal is by the end of Friday night, you're going to sleep thinking about, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to be our game plan in the morning. And then it's just like gaming, gaming all day on Saturday uh, with a little block of time to, you know, go take a power nap if you want, or just go for a drive in the mid afternoon. But the rest of the time, it's just making sure that your belly's full and that there's a game running at the table. I am, I've run many, many games for the company. The first two years, it was all me, but Apple has run a game and we have two new dungeon masters, uh, Brian and Eric, and they're excellent. And I'm so proud of our team. And this, the thing is by Saturday or by Sunday, what, what we hear the most is like, I can't wait to continue these characters or I've just learned how to play and I can't wait to go buy my own books or like, I can't wait till we can find time to come back. And that swarms my heart every time because since we started our company, the mission was to spread the love of tabletop role-playing. And to begin with, that's through the lens of these weekends, which have been a wild success. And I'm so happy with what we've been able to provide these, these three years. What an awesome idea. Like, okay, yeah, there's a bed and breakfast where all you do is just hang out in gorgeous looking properties and just play D&D. And that just sounds so cool. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice. Uh, you know, like my wife likes to look through Zillow listings and is really in love <laughs> with interior design. So like, you know, our tastes or and standards are pretty high. And we have this wonderful partnership with Celadon Manor. They do most of our games. Um, and it's a very well recently renovated farmhouse property. And the other one is a castle called Redwall Castle. And that place is a little older, but it's to the nines. It is humongous and there's a lot of play space and we'd like to do photos outside. Um, a lot of, some of our promo photos on our website are from Redwall Castle. And there is a massive professionally engineered audio video sound system i watched harry potter down there and it almost blew my mind it was like i was living in in uh, hogwarts but um it, we do put a lot of focus on where you are as well as just what you're going to end up doing uh, between the games and picking out what you want to have for dinner <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about like the very first weekend that you did this you know i mean we can either start with you said that you went to a convention and pitch the idea or just, you know, you had your first reservation. I would just love to hear about like the very start of this. Well, yeah, that was the, that was the good starting point right there at awesome con that we had, we had ideated the business and the process. We went on like a little retreat so that we could write our business plan, but like it was really still waiting to exhale. And it was interesting being out like, representing this new idea and, and just kind of putting yourself out there and asking, Hey, does anybody think this is cool? And we were between, you know, small batch, like comic outfits with just like two or three people printing out of their, their home. And then a board game that's just coming out across the way. And medieval times has got a booth across. So it's an eclectic bunch. And we got like, it was to be honest, mixed feedback, because I think when you say D and D B and B, that means nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> if you know what a D&D, you know what a B&B is and you hear that and you know D&D, then it might click. But if you're missing a part of it, it's maybe just makes people make that little you know dog face where they kind of <laughs> go to the side. They're like, what? And for some, it's like, you know, I'm not into that. That's not my bag. Like I'm here to get my Captain America headshot signed and I'm going to hit the Star Trek booth. But like, I don't do D&D. And I get it. Like it was intimidating for me when I started because I was coming from just playing Diablo and well, Warhammer and I, here's this game where people speak in period accents and I just I didn't click for me but we did find so many people that were there that thought it was an excellent idea and resonated and so at AwesomeCon we met our first attendees we had people sign a mailing list and our our gimmick is that you could roll a die and then get a prize and if you sign up the mailing list. So we do provide like a discount if you roll 20. But my favorite thing is that if you roll a one, we give you a whoopee cushion. <laughs> so that was that was a blast. And so then that led to our first weekend. We were experimenting with different partners in the Frederick area. And we have run games out of multiple different places. And 
You know, you, you see some that are older, some that are smaller, some that just quite aren't built for the, the gaming table, because to be perfectly honest, people are not having the old, you know, banquets at the dining table as much anymore as they are eating at a breakfast nook or like in front of the TV. So, you know, just practically a lot of homes just don't have the right space for that. But luckily in that first one, it did. And things worked out really great. We got to know you know, people that are in love with the hobby, but that we didn't know before. And that was, and that's something that's been very interesting is that this hobby really is a glue that like gives people an immediate comfort zone. And, it, and it's been true at later exhibitions that we've done like PAX. PAX Unplugged is our favorite. We're, we're going back this year and, you know, people become fast friends and we book uh, whole weekends with people that, you know, all know each other because it's, it's their home group. But we have match made weekends where you and your SO come and it's like, oh, well, hey, those people are from Wisconsin and uh, they're from Baltimore and you you meet them and, you know, you have this this shared thing to focus on. Everyone's learning each other's characters, but they're kind of also meeting each other for the first time. And I couldn't tell you how rewarding it was that first weekend. And we've We've got, we've made lifelong friends out of that weekend now and yeah, shout out Ray. Uh, you're awesome. We still run into each other at Renfest. Yeah. I can't, I, what more could I say? <laughs> and it was the lost minds of fan Delver. So we do like off the shelf content, but we do some of our own modules as well. And, you know, I found them to be equally rewarding, but yeah, that's more of a behind the scenes trivia detail. But yeah, that was our first weekend. Hey, behind the scenes trivia details, what I'd love to hear about. So it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got plenty. You've mentioned a couple of times that you have some partnerships with a couple additional properties. How did those partnerships come to be? Well, we started out just by looking at what was available for rent in the area. So we used a couple of different sites to try to find people renting properties. In the end, Airbnb became the easiest way to do that. So we would, you know, always go through the system and then try it once. And then we evaluated which ones we liked and which ones we didn't. And it was a really excellent way to become a lean startup in this format because we're a mom and pop shop. So we don't have some big backing venture capital and we don't have a a big bank other than the one that, you know, keeps our checking account running and a bit of a credit line. So we're able to run real tight. And that is how we did the first two years. And eventually it just like the data took over. It's like, well, this place just is so nice on so many different levels that has nice shared bathroom space and that has a nice common space and the rooms are updated and they're, it's just the, the one we want to stick with. And then, you know, after having a, a almost a year of business with them, we just, you know, talked to them and said, Hey, we rent, we rent from you so much. Let's just start more of a long-term thing. And so now we, we work together. And I think in the end, it's still very much a partnership because they, you know, need to profit for their property. And our long-term goal is of course, and has been since the beginning to have that forever home. So all of this is sort of educational and like, what do we like and what works for us? And we're looking to their horizon. And our, our five-year plan is that we'll have a full facility that can be 24 7 365 available and really start changing things up to have more like drop-in game nights or classes and so that's what's coming down the pipeline oh that sounds really cool too what steps have you kind of outlined so far that'll help you get to that point in five years well it's it's a daily challenge you know we think about um how we could you know come to like own a property in a more permanent way. There are many options. Um, we're an LLC, so we're operating as a business. We want to make sure that it's a business property. And sometimes it's just a lot of research and calling. And we get our, we'll get our eyes set on one place and look at it, and it's uh, that it's not zoned business, commercial mixed. And so you know, it, it, we're still trying to find the place, but we're also looking at where we can actually get the capital. And we will likely have something like a Patreon coming soon to make content available for Dungeon Masters at home. So as we develop more custom content, it'll be available to people that are 
our adventure away adventurers. So we'll have a, like a, a matter of a membership and we'll probably have some big push where it'll be time for us to get the place and maybe do some sort of a community event to, to help people be a part of the process with us. And, you know, we want what, what we're most interested in is making sure you get your value out of us and enjoy it and have an experience that's unique. That is unlike anything that you've had before. And to that extent, our forever home is going to fully culminate with the, the gaming like elite experience, the gaming table. We have LED lighting and recessed Bluetooth speakers. And we, you know, have uh, cool decorated rooms that are in themes that are based on Dungeons and Dragons, like a forest or a lake or a tavern. Even to the extent that we have our own kitchen and can provide on-premises, you know, chef-made meals. And that's another part of how we partner is that, you know, we're working with local businesses for catering. And that is excellent in its own way because we've been able to support local businesses. But we also want this very unique experience uh, being an adventure away. And so eventually the food will become part of the mark that you can have like a, like a tavern stew or, uh, you know, road provisions. We're actually talking with a coffee company to have our own blend. So all of these things are included. Yeah. And the technical specifics of how we're going to be able to, to, you know, both afford it and then make sure that we have enough business to keep it running, which I don't doubt. Like, once we have the property, there's so much demand. It's going to take over itself and start moving forward. But yeah, you can see that we dream big here. So <laughs> the, the thing we pair with dreaming big is patience and next steps and growing the business one step at a time. And we've been able to do that for you know the, all the time that we've been in business. It feels like a short time, but we're blowing up a little more every year. I love that so much. And I'm curious if so you do Friday through Sunday. Is there any thought or chance of doing weekdays before you have that dream property? Um, it's possible. It's just that when you rent per day, uh, there's a certain amount of overhead to that that is you know kind of pricey. And we've done a couple of premiere events where it was like just a one shot restaurant in town that they had kind of like a banquet space and we do it. So it's not off the table. It's just a matter of, you know, putting things out there and letting people tell us what they want. So we've tried some virtual games. We've tried those. Some things you put out there and it's like, well, nobody's interested. Guess we're not doing it. That's fine. We'll just go back to what we do pretty good. And, you know, it's that that's an interesting thing about being a business and trying to be a startup is just having as many ideas as you can to start with, to have a lot to choose from. But, you know, just seeing what works and sticking with what does. And that's what's kind of sharpening our business down, like, you know, the edge of a blade. Like we're becoming very efficient at this way of doing things. But again, yeah, that that zenith when we have that uh, forever home is going to change things. And it's going to be all over again, many more new ideas and things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So when I'm looking at your website right now and you scroll down oh. to the make a reservation section. I see that there are rooms that are named lawful evil, chaotic good, true neutral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that just kind of a flavor? Do they have decorations to fit with that? It's it's flavor. And um, and we're working on, of course, like the decorations. We've gotten some things like little Bluetooth lanterns that are also speakers. And so we're dressing up the space as we go. But yeah, we started with the flavor in the beginning of just calling them alignments uh, to distinguish them so that we knew which ones were going to be like the the master suite and things like that. But it's it's part of the, the the touch that we have to try to make things living in D&D from the moment you walk in the door. And Apple actually handcrafts soaps that have dice and small minis inside of them. So you can use them and then take them home. And once the soap's all finished up, then it's got you got an extra dice and she puts nice scents in them. And she also puts a little bit of water in the room and a message from us. And we we leave little um, inscription books in each of the rooms as well. So after you're finished at the end of the week, you can share with us any feedback you have and what you felt about the weekend. And that, I got to say, like when we take those books home at the end of the weekend, it is such a touching moment to hear from people what impact we have on their life that it's a great time. It's an escape. 
it's just so pure and cool that like it makes us all feel like kids again. And no matter what they were taking a break from, from or going back to, it's like such an oasis. Yeah, and we will be continuing to try to make it more of an oasis uh, with decorations and other things that we can do to make the weekend special. That is really special. I can only imagine that the feedback is just, it has to be a highlight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you hustle. You uh, go out and get all of the things that you need to, you know, make everybody comfortable. And it might be making sure that we have tissues and, you know, lots of water. Do we have tea and coffee? And you get to the end of it and it's a lot to do. And I can say that when we floated this business idea to some friends, a few of them were like, I don't know, can you do that? But it was sort of like a, like I had to flex now, you know, all right. Yeah, I've got to do this. We're going to do 10 hours of D and D in a weekend and we're going to get all the food. (laughs) We're going to cater it. And you know, those first couple of weekends were rough. And then by the end of the year, it was less so. And now it's a science and it's, it's good enough now that we are able to, have some folks come and work contract with us and run games and hospitality and we know how it goes and so we can train and that's that's kind of the the closing the loop there's the the see one do one teach one teaching philosophy they use it in like medicine so if you have to you know learn how to put an iv in an arm you're gonna watch somebody do it then you're gonna have to do it and then the last step is to have to teach someone and you realize like your understanding of something is limited until you have to tell someone else how it actually works. And then you're like, hold on, I got to think about this for a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, you have to make monster profiles and it's good to have a sheet of NPCs prepared and, you know, but luckily the people that we work with are just so talented. It's, it's like they instantly were running our speed and it just made it that much more effective at servicing these weekends and making more available our calendar filled up for so fast for this year because of COVID. And so we really pushed in 2021 to make sure to get everybody back in that wanted to stay with us. We offered refunds when it happened. We had no idea how long it would last. And so we just said, let's, you know, stick with us. You, you can have a refund now, or you can reschedule, but we're going to keep you posted. And so many people were just like, we'll be ready when you're ready. So we're ready. And now it's full steam ahead. Yeah, that actually does raise a really good point of how did y'all stay afloat during the worst of 2020? Well, I, I bet for many people, that's the answer is we just held our breath as long as we could. <laughs> and so, yeah, like we put our relationship with our customers first and primarily their health. You know, there there was a very strong sense of responsibility right away that, you know, we are here to provide a safe environment for people, even to the extent that they can meet strangers and feel like they have a safe space and privacy when they need it. And, you know, that we make this a comforting place. And how could you do that in the midst of a pandemic? And so we did do, give out some refunds in working with our properties. They were very um, understanding with us that you know, we might need to move, reschedule some and they allowed us to do that. So we were able to take reservations we had for the year in 2020 and push them into 2021 and we survived. And so we, we experimented with some stuff, did a lot more social media engagement. We did do two or three virtual games during that time. And when we finally got to where there were some vaccines or that at least the restrictions were loosening, we had two different socially distanced games. Actually, I think maybe three had full precautions. So we actually played outside in one case. A lot of our guests are kind of bubbled. So, you know, there's like four of them that knew each other well, and they didn't see anybody outside of their their circle. But we were not in a rush. We surveyed things with our parties beforehand and said, hey, let us know what you're comfortable with. Let us know where your health concerns are. You know, we actually, we're, completely open on dietary constraints. You know, we want you to feel comfortable. And so when they said yes, we did, and we did it in a responsible way. And now that the vaccine's out, we can start again. But that was kind of our story. You know, it was tough, like to put it on hold for so long. And luckily, we weren't too rusty when we got back. It was just like jumping back on a horse. (laughs) And, um, and now it's 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 almost the other way. It's like the needle is slammed the other direction. Like we're looking for vacations for ourselves 
to do one before the end of the summer and there's nowhere to go. Everything's booked. So as soon as we were able to open up calendar slots, like they just started filling because everyone's ready to get out and do a thing. And uh, luckily we are a thing. So <laughs> that's, uh, and, and so that's, that's been the reassuring and almost in like a, like a scary way, you know, demanding truth of life after the pandemic is that the market wants this and we got to do it as much as we can so that anyone that wants it can find a weekend and come out and have their vacation. Cause it, this could be the first thing they do after being locked down for so long. And I want to respect that responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly feel like it's, nice for folks that are still feeling very hesitant. Like I know I'm still feeling hesitant about crowds. And so the idea of being able to go away to a mm. tree and have fun, but still, still be secluded feels like a nice transition, honestly. Yeah. I'm not really sure if I'm ready for the water park yet, yeah. but I could do, <laughs> I could do something like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely glad that y'all were able to get through and, you know, come back with force as you will. I got to leave a lot to Apple too, because she is our operations and social media engagement uh, manager. She is such the the outward voice of Adventure Away in our marketing. And without that, I wonder if people would even remember that we were here, you know, <laughs> and it is, it is like that making sure that we're listening and then also being present for, so that people can come back to us is, is so essential. And I think that's what filled our calendar. You know, that's what made it so we could bounce back. Hey, entrepreneurs. I love introducing you to new creators every episode, but I can really use your support. I would love to invite you to join our Patreon page where you'll gain access to behind the scenes content, add your questions to upcoming interviews, and you could even receive a shout out on our site and an upcoming episode. To learn more, go to lightheartadventures.com slash RPG. And now back to the show. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how y'all divvy up responsibilities. Well, sure. It's, um, you know, since it started mom and pop, it continues in that way. So we have primarily a hospitality person and that has been shaped by Apple and her skills and her organization. And then the running of the game, which for the first uh, two years of the business was, was me. So we figured out our own processes. For her, we have a kit of everything that will fit into our vehicle to go. We specifically bought an SUV a few years ago that could like handle things like this. And uh, so there's all of our gaming materials, the hospitality supplies for things like you know tissues and stuff you expect to see around, and then the food as well. So all of the materials for continental breakfast, and then. She arrives and is actually there now. We're hosting a game. And uh, she is probably just wrapping up getting their dinner orders in. So after she is set up for everyone, she greets the uh, people that are coming. That'll probably be the first face you, sh you see is Apple. And so she is there smiling and ready to answer any questions you have, let you know where your room is, and get everybody kind of on the, the treadmill of, you know, like this is kind of when we're going to start and here's where you can sit and here's some supplies to make a little name card. So we have little like tents that you stand up on the table with your name on it and people will put their name or their character too and little doodles like, you know, bows and arrows and stuff. And then uh, she'll take the dinner order, make sure that it gets delivered. And then that's the hospitality for the first night. For Saturday, it's similar. She comes in the morning to make sure that coffee started and get the continental breakfast set up. It goes for a little while longer than she'll take a lunch order and then deliver that. And then, um, you know, we, she'll come back for dinner. So that's, that's that day. And then Sunday we do loadout. So we'll, she'll come and get the coffee and the food ready again. We'll start packing up some of our materials and supplies, remind folks of their checkout time and ultimately get everything all our kit back into the car but you know i say i say that i'm hodor sometimes because uh, you know if i'm around part of the process might be me just like picking up all of the big heavy containers because i'm six foot two and i can lift that stuff over my head so um <laughs> some part of it is just a little bit of grunt work on my side but 
the otherwise, like most of what I do is directly related to the game as a dungeon master. So doing the prior prep, opening the discord channel, well, Apple will usually set that up. And then I go in and check on it periodically to answer questions about character creation and the rules. We, um, we do fifth edition dungeons and dragons to the wizards standard. So that used to be for their adventure games and comic book shops and all that it was PHB plus one. So it's player's handbook and then one other book in the line. They just opened it up so that you can use anything available. And we followed that too. So you can use whatever is on the market, except unearthed arcana, because that is play testing material. And we've had a little of it and it will provide players with a certain advantage, but at the same time, it's un- it's hard to balance against that. And things need to be a little bit more in check because we're one we're one shots. So, you know, it's a long module, but it is one module and it's a new character. So we kind of put up the guardrails with that, but I lead people into creating their characters through Discord. And then when we arrive, it's session zero on the first night. And that's usually a taste of the world. Like people are, the, the guests are sitting down at the table. They're writing furiously on their, their character sheets. We've got the dinner order in. And that's kind of when I start the, you know, the forest or the tavern music up in the background and start lightly describing where they are and, and chatting a bit about why they might be here and who knows each other. And then things start to materialize around the table. It's like, no, you, you're, you're chatting in this, not too loud tavern, but there's a couple of rowdy folks on the other side. And then there's a couple of people that are having a guarded conversation over in the, in the shadows and just invite them to start kind of poking around in the world. And the goal is to have a hook sometime in that session so that you can begin thinking about what's going to happen. And that, you know, when you're finishing up dinner and we're closing somewhere between like eight and 11 PM or Actually, you, we usually st- stop somewhere between ten and eleven, not as early as eight. That's silly. And then you, and then you wake the next day, and we get to have much more fun. Um, and that's where the rest of the module planning comes out: is finding a way to hit this strong beat at the end of uh, two large sessions. They're about four hours each. Also, just taking a little break in the afternoon to let everyone decompress. I mean, I need it as a DM and I need to turn the world off and reboot a little bit. So I go and watch a YouTube video or maybe take a power nap in that time um, around like two to four o'clock for our free time. And then we finish the game out and we've tried to do some morning stuff on Sunday, but it's difficult. It's difficult to get people engaged when they're like trying to pack up and get out. So this format is the structure we found that is reproducible. It works. It delivers a pretty consistent experience. It's creative. It's fun. People make surprising characters and it's been a joy to watch what they do and bring to the table every time. And because we've got it down like this, our new DMs have been able to come on and just pick it up. And our quality has been excellent. So, you know, it's, it's been a process, but it's been very interesting to learn how to do this. And especially when there's kind of like no one to tell us how to do this. So that's something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's that challenge of like, okay, I have a unique idea and this is going to be amazing. And also crap. I don't get to ask anyone for advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You just got to like put on a face and say, I'm going to act like I know what I'm doing. It doesn't (laughs) matter if I do, but darn it. I'm going to be confident. You know, that always is the best way to go. Like, you'll you'll figure it out. But that's really cool yeah. that y'all have put so much thought and planning into this. And I'm curious next on, at what point was it that you realized that you needed to hire some additional dungeon masters? And how did you find them? Great questions. So the, the two contributing factors were, one... I was starting to buckle under the load of the number of games and that is fine. And I could have continued to soldier on, but two, it, there was a real ceiling on how many games we could do. I, I am not yet able to be full-time on this. And so I also work a day job. I'm a computer programmer. And so I do that and need to maintain a level of quality in my work there. So I had to set boundaries and say, this is the max number of games I can do. And then when we thought about it, it was, well, 
we don't really have limiting factors for the other parts of this. Um, Apple has a lot more bandwidth and is now focusing 100% on the hospitality of Adventure Away and our growth. So that's good, but I just it just came to the obvious realization. It's like it well, you know, if it were me, it could be somebody else. And do I feel ready for that? And if I had asked myself that question when we started, I would have shaken my head and given a very nervous no. I, I couldn't trust somebody else to run this much D and D, and it's asking a lot. And eventually. I realized that part of it was my ego in the way of wanting quality control. And that's all well and good, but I have also played in so many games and I see how people have different shared passions in it and that every dungeon master brings a different kind of flavor. And, you know, I've thought about this of like, is there standardization and what kind of things do we say are the adventure way way? And the answer now is, very little. It's it's the breadth and width of Dungeons and Dragons. And I think that now with the, the Dungeon Masters that we have in our team of three, there's expertise in miniatures. There's expertise in custom campaign settings. There's expertise in improvisation. And it's us sharing our different styles that's creating like a whole new generation for this company. And I think that 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 looking at our calendar in 2021 just proves what a great decision that that was because uh, nobody is overloaded. We love what we do and we're able to do three times the amount of business we were before. And I think that's a huge win. What was your process for onboarding them? Good question. Yeah, I think I didn't answer the tail end of the last one. So <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> the way the way we approached it was we did a soft call for talent on our mailing list. So these are people that have either played with us before or at least showed an interest and said, hey, thanks for following us. And we're actually thinking about growing. So if anyone is a dungeon master and is interested in a contract position, let us know. And we got a few responses. And then we had an audition. And the audition was, we invited them over and set up a table with a DM screen. And we all planned a 20-minute module. And so it's really very little time to do much. But you decide what your fingerprint is going to be. And so I did a 20-minute module. And then our two new Dungeon Masters prospect (laughs) perspective played their characters in my module and then they stepped into the dm seat and did 20 minutes on a module that they worked on and we all got a chance to play and run the game so i got to see some of their personality and some of their process and once it was over it was well we you guys are great and we're gonna keep in touch and in the in the weeks after that we just we found out how much extra business we could do and kind of brought them on And it probably was like a good six or eight months, slightly before COVID. And then now after the vaccine is out of, you know, games we could try out with them. But now that they're fully on, we're scheduling more games. So it's really kicking into high gear. So I think think the hiring process was instilled a lot of confidence in me. And then their continued performance also does that for me. We're all very respectful and we try to do servant leadership here. I'm like, I'm here to protect them and help them part of like, I'm not going to standardize how we run games, but we had to make decisions about what we support. So our official offerings are mainline for Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition games. And then for an additional upgrade, you can play the current edition of an array of some other current games like Pathfinder 2.0. And we need to branch out a little bit more and see what systems people are interested in. Um, I just saw that there's a play test coming out that'll be ready. The full version will be ready in March for Avatar The Last Airbender. And I got to tell you, I love that show. And I would learn that system in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> we could have an Avatar weekend. And we've had like a Wizarding World themed game, which was pretty much the mechanics of fifth edition, but garnered to be oriented towards magic. And we skinned some of the existing monsters to meet like things in the universe, like Dementors. And so we're looking for interesting ways to add new options to the game, but also make things kind of predictable so that you know what you're getting. And also so that our DMs don't have to, you know, do so much prep that they're 
like really building from the ground up of not knowing the system at all that they, you know, are at least somewhat trained and ready to start building the content, the experience, the setting, the module, the characters. Um, that's where we really shine. So just side note, I agree. I am very excited for that Avatar game. It is a great show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, now that they are all trained up, how many, I don't know, weekends a month maybe, or if it's a different metric, let me know. But like, how often are you the dungeon master versus how often you have them assigned out? I think that we're at a point now where we each take one. So it's pretty evenly split. We do, uh, at least the way we're scheduled now, we're either running two or three games a month. So that means that we each get our, our time up at bat. I think I've let them take on a little bit more because they just, you know, they're saying yes to it. I want them to have choice for the games that they'd like to work. But I know full well that I'm going to, you know, backfill and do other things and also contribute in other ways to the company because I'm the creative director. So I've handled a lot of our branding and some of like the art for our swag. Like we have buttons, we have stickers. So I'm spread across a couple of different things. So if I don't run a game, I'm probably spending time doing something else. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's going to help us in a different way. Yeah, no, it's really nice that you're able to kind of offload some of that so you can focus more on growth and branding. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to get a t-shirt designed together when you're also trying to slap a module <laughs> together. And I'm way behind on my t-shirt designs. We need to get some stuff up in the store, like pronto. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that we have been talking about t-shirts and caps and we've, we've finally got samples, but actually setting that up is like, yeah, one day. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I feel like when I get that sample, I'm going to get the the taste. It'll be like, all right, I got to get this done because <laughs> now I want, I want everyone to have one of these. Yeah. You have to remind yourself. It's like, we're selling them. Don't just throw them out. Like it's a t-shirt cannon at the, <laughs> the baseball stadium. No. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> So I did want to ask about the theme weekends. I've noticed that you've got a couple different themes that are sprinkled in. And so I'd love to know just how often you do those weekends, what's different about them versus a normal weekend and any other info. Yeah, cool. We have two or three different theme weekends that we've kind of gone to the well with and that has worked. And the first one was a Valentine's Day weekend that's themed after Strahd. So it's love and vampires. And uh, I think I, I called it Strahd Must Die uh, one year because you have to do so much in just the three days because it's Barovia and it's a whole campaign setting. But we, we, we get you in there real, real deep into the story and you're, you're there and Strahd's there almost from the outset. So I think the players start at level five for that one. We usually do level three or level five characters. Level threes are more accommodating if you're a first time player. You have a bit more cushion than like a level one where you might just get a stray arrow and you're gone. <laughs> and some of your characters becoming defined at level three because you get uh, class options. So that's like the sweet spot. But five is kind of like the power level. So if you've got some experience and we plan to throw something big and nasty at you, like Strahd, uh, <laughs> then we kind of turn up the octane. So that one has been popular and so much fun to run. It's a fantastic setting. So as I mentioned before, uh, we've done the Harry Potter uh, or Wizarding World setting. And that, of course, hit so hard immediately that there's just so many uh, Potter fans out there. And then you lay that over with the D and D fans and man, like there were house scarves and hoodies and robes at that game. People were really into it. And I, and Apple is like the head Potter expert in the house. And so we, we watch through the movies every now and then, and she loves to reread them. And it's uh, it's been a blast running those specialty games because they are still on the fifth edition system. So there's a lot to make you feel familiar and comfortable with it. But then you get the people are much more committed to the theme because they knew going in what it was going to be rather than just kind of forgotten realms. You know, a lot of games can feel like the same sort of Tolkien-esque inspired thing. But our third um, offering it, which we're hoping is going to land and people <laughs> will get excited for is the Pirates Weekend. So we're doing for the, our first time a 
Ghosts of Saltmarsh setting game that will be pirate themed. So I will be running that one personally, and I'm very excited about it. So <laughs> it, it's it it's, will be very, here very soon. And if it goes well, then it won't be the last one. That's for sure. <laughs> I would hands down love a pirate theme weekend. My main D and D character that I don't really get to play anymore. It was a uh, minute or a munchkin tabaxi pirate, and I just <laughs> I think a whole weekend devoted to pirate themed would be amazing. <laughs> Yar. Yeah. Well, so one thing I do want to make sure that I ask is a question that I love to ask in every interview, which. When you are looking back over the last several years of getting this up off the ground and all the way up to where you are today, what would you say has been the most challenging part? Wow, gosh, that's a great question. You know, there's there's just so many moments where you like, and this is this is the way work is. And you know, the, I've talked to people that um, they're artists and they would make stuff to sell, but they just don't want the pressure. But the uh, like, there's always going to be a moment where you are wondering if you can do it, and you're maybe a little drained, and you're just having to make a decision that says, "I'm going to do this." Like. I'm not going to wait for myself to be ready for it. I'm not going to, or there, there's no time to be worrying about how confident I am in myself or that how prepared I am. It's really the Nike thing, you know, slogan. It's just, you're going to just do it. And that, whether it's like, you know, having a long week and then running a game on the weekend or packing everything up and driving a few hours to be at a new exhibition where we're waking up early to drive in and load in the table and load it out. You just go, you just keep doing things. And it has made me feel a lot better about working in a way that even my main career maybe even struggled with is, is how if you show up and you do, and you try, like you'll be surprised what you're able to produce, what you get out of it. You'll be surprised how easier it is the next time. And I think my skills as a dungeon master have vastly changed since when I only ran it in my house and had control over all these little factors and could do be patient and schedule it at the right time. Like when I just got to do it, like a lot of the head stuff goes away. I still get performance anxiety almost every time and it's never going to go away, but I've also been in comedy improv and I've figured out ways to step around it and let that voice be there, but just, get to the other side of it. And sometimes the only way out is through. And yeah, I, and I think the only challenge that I haven't been able to overcome that way was just like COVID hitting is like no one had control over that. It was going to be whatever it is. And so it was kind of like being on a log flume. You're just like, we are along for the ride with whatever the market is doing and however people are able to get out. I think that that one hit Apple harder than it did me because I, you know, just had, I'd figured out... <laughs> I don't know. I figured out how to, to, to believe that would come back. And that I think is the hardest thing to do when it's like the dread pirate Roberts every month. You're like, all right, good night. Good job. COVID will mostly be vaccinated in the morning and every month passing and realizing like the conservative estimates for like, well, it's September now, or no, really their vaccine's not going to get out after until after December and watching it unfold. So we're never going to run out of challenges and we're going to always have to solve them at the same vigor and just having like forgiveness for ourselves to take breaks and be patient with one another. Like that's the lessons that I'm learning is it's building professionalism for yourself, uh, sticking to it. Yeah, I think there is a lot of good lessons and just truth in what you're saying. Like, I always love asking that question because you never know, like there's so many things that are challenging. And so it's like, what does the individual person find that challenges them the most and exploring what you've learned from it too. And just how that changes over time, I think is really insightful. Well, and I've had, you know, I've had my bouts with social anxiety over my life. I mean, I'm almost 40. So I've mostly figured out how to hack around that, but there is this weight that hits and almost every game is just that, you know, you want to you wanna be there and comfortable for people and be casual and also have control of the situation. And I, the dungeon master role helps with that. It's a bit of a soothing balm because once the screen's there and your dice are there to support you, you're like, ah, my crew and here are my things. And they will help me make this great world that we can live in. And honestly, 
like that's the thing that makes all of the other feelings melt is like the moment that the the spotlight turns on and the game begins all those feelings go away and that's what helps cope with it is that you realize how like ephemeral they are when something just sweeps through and takes it over with joy <laughs> you know like it's just no more time to think just be that's one of my favorite parts about DMing as well. Like I'm definitely much newer to it, but it's it is that whole like, oh gosh, like I haven't had enough time to repair and I don't know how it's gonna go. And then you're like, whatever, just sitting having fun with a group of people. Totally. And there's a lot of popular wisdom around becoming good at stuff, and there's this magical number of ten thousand hours or ten thousand <laughs> repetitions. So it like it really doesn't matter where you are in your journey. As long as you're just putting in some hours, you are becoming a better DM. So everyone can be proud of where they are. And I I don't hold the 14 year badge over my head. Like it means I earned it. Like <laughs> there's been, it's just been so many different waves of things kind of resetting and learning, relearning what the game is. And so anyone that's coming in with three years experience, I'm looking at with interest because it's like they're growing with a new standard and I have been shedding old tropes for a long time. So the new blood is very refreshing for me too. This game is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It definitely is. I do want to flip around, though, and say, again, looking back at everything, what would you say has been the most rewarding part? Oh, well, I, I think it's easy. It's sitting with those, those inscription books that we bring home. You know, it's, there's a theme song at the end of the movie Broken Arrow that I will never be able to get out of my head as Christian Slater is walking away from like a horrific mess that he's been able to survive fighting John Travolta in that movie. And the dawn is rising uh, in the background. And that is the song I hear after like a real long, tough thing, whether it was like a, you know, a weekend event or like I've, I've done 72 hour film jams before that are crazy hours. You would stay up editing all night or, you know, doing one of these expos where we are now on the highway coming back home from Philly and you're just feeling this feeling of like, I accomplished something. And then when we read those books, you see what we accomplished from the horse's mouth of what it was like for them. And it's closing that loop of satisfaction, of exhaustion, but just being proud. And then it hits like how you're helping people enjoy the game. And that's the perfect moment. And what's great is it happens every time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's never, it doesn't stop. And we can always look forward to that. So it's great. Yeah, that like immediate feedback of like, yes, I did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wayne, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. Where can people find you? Well, you can find us on Facebook. We are Adventure Away Maryland on Facebook and then Adventure Away MD on Twitter. So that's where you can see everything that's happening, the silly memes that we appreciate or are making ourselves. And then we link from there to our website, which is adventurewaymd.com, where you can come and visit and learn more about us and then see what we have available. And you can book right there from the homepage or click around and see cool things about what you'll be able to do, like uh, the pictures of some of the properties and pictures of myself and Apple being silly in our role-playing photos. So. <laughs> <laughs> and if people do want to make a reservation about how far in advance would you say you're booking up right now? We are booking out well into 2022, but we have just a couple of rooms remaining in the year. So there's rooms available for September 17th through the 19th this fall and one room for November 19th and that is also this fall. But otherwise, we have calendar opening up into 2022, including a game in January, the Valentine's Day in a castle versus Strahd. We have one room left in February, and then we have dates as far out as March and April. But our calendar will continue to grow through 2022 as well. So just keep checking back with us. Um, we'll be updating our bookings so that any new games are there available to add to cart and reserve your stay. Uh, we just do a $100 deposit per person to make a reservation and the rest can be paid at any point up until the game. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. This is really interesting. And I, I just gotta say, I love your business. Like, such a great idea. 
Well, thank you, Courtney. It's been awesome to come and talk. And thank you for having me on the podcast. You just finished another episode of Role Play Grow. To check out the show notes from today's episode, you can go to lightheartadventures.com slash RPG. To keep up with every episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And if you're enjoying the show, I would absolutely love if you would leave me a review and share this episode with your friends. Your review might even get featured on an upcoming episode. To follow me on Twitter, you can either find me at lightheartadv for our business account or at KetraWCR for tweets on gaming, my dog Bowser, and other random shenanigans. You can also find us as Lightheart Adventures on both Instagram and Patreon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Role Play Grow.